you've been naked with a lot of of fat men in not like you know in a homosexual way, but in like okay, a spa David, way. Come David, on, David. Come I'm on. Questioning, I'm questioning, you know, all the stories you tell about all the sex you've had. <laughs> when you say things like that, I wonder if your dick has ever touched Poon. Because I'm pretty much sure <laughs> that if you can't tell the difference between a fat guy's tits and right. a beautiful woman's tits, that maybe you've never actually seen a woman naked before in your life. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. if you thought about this but have you ever looked a gift horse i mean you know you know that the 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 sort of the the i don't even know it's an aphorism i'm not sure what it is but it's like the old saying yeah which i think is an idiom an idiom idiom yeah Yeah. don't look a gift horse in the mouth right and it's not like this thing it's not like you can't have your cake and eat it too because and i do agree with this like what's the fucking point of having cake if you don't get to eat it I right. mean, it's not like it's a showpiece. It's like, oh, I got my cake, and now I'm going to put it on a shelf and let it get dry. And you know, when people come in, they go, "Oh, look, well, look you that pretty cake. cake." Yeah, yeah. No, the whole point of having cake is that you get to eat it too. So right. I, I don't, that idiom is bullshit. But don't look a gift horse in the mouth has a different sort of connotation. I never really understood. Like I know what it means, but I never understood why it's a thing. So the gift horse brings you the gift. And then you look it in the mouth, mm. like to check it. The gift horse doesn't bring you the gift. The gift horse is the gift. Oh. Basically, the idiom is, if I give you something okay. and you spend the time criticizing, it's like, if okay, so like, for example, oh, gotcha. I come, you come to Vegas, because next, by the way, I just want to point this out. I'm not going to over, oversell it, but um, next week, like this time next week, you're going to be on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. You will be in Las Vegas doing a book reading mm-hmm. for the last DJ, and then uh, doing Bug House here in Vegas, yep. which is super cool. Yeah. But if you came, and I bought you, I don't know, uh, a briefcase. Let's say you like man bags. <laughs> you like leather man bags, right? You like them. Sure. And I'm so excited that you've come to Vegas to play that I buy you a goddamn man bag, and you pull the man bag up, and the first thing you say is. Yeah, I don't really love this. Uh, the buckles yeah, the are leather, weird. Yeah. yeah, the buckles are weird, and you know, and these handles don't really aren't really appropriate, and that kind of stuff. Then I'm never buying you another thing again because you're a dick, right? Because you looked the gift bag in the mouth. That's what the that's the term. Gotcha. Because I would think that taken literally, if you buy me a horse, sure, and I'm looking it in the mouth, at some point, I'm just. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just checking its dental hygiene and its its but if you, dental, you know, but its, if its you, oral health. But if you're checking its teeth while I'm giving you the gift, you're a cunt. Or are you giving me the gift, like, here's this racehorse, and yeah. I'm looking at it going, yeah, this isn't a racehorse. You got swindled, and you're trying to pass it off on me. Fuck you. No, I'm not passing off on you. I gave it to you. I didn't, like, charge you money. It's not like a... That's saying it's not transactional. 
Gifts are not transactional. They're given to you. You either are gracious about receiving the gift or you're a But if a you give me an unhealthy horse, naysaying, nay, because it's a horse, I get I know, it. I know, I went there. If you give me a horse and it's sick, do you know how much trouble that's going to cause me? I need to do my due diligence on okay. this thing. Let's back up. You remember my stories of, uh, of living with Alice. I do. Okay. One of the things, uh, Christmas is a big thing, and I like, I like giving gifts. It's just one of the things I like to do. I expect, a, I expect a man bag when I get to Las Vegas. It'll be a tiny man bag shaped like my, my boiled nut Little bitty briefcase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, no, I, it, for Christmas time, okay, so I, I, you know, this is when I was in the throes of love, and we were living together despite every reason we shouldn't have been, and... I go to her friends one day, and it's like, you know, and they're, they're giving me advice about how to deal with Alice, which it should be a red flag. And uh-huh. the friends go, okay, here's some rules, because she's fucking an asshole. Yeah. Um, but it was like, don't buy her jewelry. Never, never, ever buy her jewelry. Yeah. And, I, and you know me. Like, like, oh, really? Did you just, was that a glove Challenge that I just accepted. saw you threw right. down at my feet? Fuck mm-hmm. off. I'm going to, so I spent months looking for the perfect necklace to give her for Christmas, right? Yeah. And I mean, I did. I fucking looked everywhere in Chicago. I went online. I went to Zales. I went to Zales. Gross. I went to Jarrett, which is bad, but I'm looking for it. I finally found a -a one-of-a-kind, beautiful necklace at the MCA store. Okay. And it was gorgeous. And it was was like it was an artist had made it. It was one-of-a-kind. It was gorgeous, right? So... In addition to the other, you know, gifts that I got her for Christmas, it's Christmas Day. We're sitting in her house that I lived in. Um, she made that very apparent. Oh my um, God, we like we're fucking with the same woman. I swear, like the, these yeah. Alice stories are so the Brienne stories. It's all right, yeah. And so Ugh. I get her, and so she opens gift after gift after gift, and in this gift, knowing that I I put a note that said. I looked for months, and I didn't say this, but I spent more money on Alice's fucking necklace than I spent on my mother entirely for Christmas, right? Well, but this your mother was expensive... wasn't giving you blowjobs occasionally, so... No, this was an expensive necklace, yeah. anyway. Um, so, I, and I said, you know, and I hope you like it. And she opens it up, and the first words out of her mouth were, I don't love it, I'm probably not going to wear it. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak to her for two days. And this is Christmas. Yeah. And, the, and Boxing Day. I did not speak a word. Did you just say it's Christmas and Boxing Day? Isn't Boxing Day the day after Christmas? Yeah, but why would you reference that at all? Why is that an important... Because the next day was Boxing Day, which is the Christmas... For a fucking it's a better, who? For Canadians? It's better, than, say, like, why it's is better a- than saying it's Christmas and the day after Christmas. It's like it's Christmas and then Boxing Does Day. Does Boxing Day matter to you in any way? No. No, I just. Why I does just it they just that, say it's the? It was two days. It's Christmas and the day after. Like we understood, they don't have to throw because Boxing Day. Because the day after day. sounds so impersonal, and Boxing Day gives it some import. What? It just you know it was. How does Boxing it, Day give import to anything? It's Boxing it's Day. Nobody day. knows what it is. Nobody in this country, in the because United States bec- of America, knows what Boxing Day is. Because or for. someone decided that it was. A day with a capital D that like in the calendar, somebody says, this is a day that has meaning. So we're going to call it Boxing Day. Do you celebrate? I don't even know what Boxing Day means. Okay. No, I don't even know what it means. I don't give a shit. It's a day. So when is Boxing Day? The day after Christmas. There you go. That's all you got to say. It's the day after Christmas. <laughs> I just like Boxing Day. Anyway, she says, I don't like it. I'm not going to wear it. I was furious. 
You know, it was like the most ridiculous thing ever. And that was an example of yeah. her looking the gift horse gotcha. in the mouth. You know, it's like, have a little gratitude. And then whether you like it or not, that's yeah. one of the lessons that I learned. If I wanted, and I learned this from my mom, if I wanted more gifts for Christmas, yeah. I had to play along with the fiction that there was a Santa Claus. Oh, because yeah. it made, because it, not because I gave a shit about Santa Claus, because it made my mother happy mm-hmm. to play that game that there was a santa claus and that was the game was going and so it didn't matter what i got in fact there are pictures that my mom has of me as a kid at christmas time where i have the biggest fakest shitty <laughs> grin after some of the shit that i got like my grandma used to just get me belt buckles i didn't fucking wear belts i hated belt buckle. why do you give me a fucking belt buckle but man when i got that belt buckle the fucking grin on my i thank you because you sure. just if somebody goes out of their way to give you a gift you fucking you know yeah be gracious don't don't examine it in front of them say thank you and then you go fucking throw it away or give it away or take it to take it back know, a resale yep. shop i don't yep. give a shit yeah i don't think that i have i don't think that i ever i mean i'm Maybe I have, I don't know, but I try not to because, like you just said, be gracious. And if you don't like it, re-gift it, do it, I mean, fucking burn it, do whatever you want with it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, well, it was like Dana. Actually, this is a perfect example. My mom, the first Christmas Dana came and met my, you know, she'd met my family, but it was the first Christmas we were a married couple, right? We go to Kansas for Christmas. And mom buys all, she doesn't know what to buy her because she didn't know her that well. Mm-hmm. So she buys her a whole bunch of shit she likes. Yeah. And one of the things was like this like wooden like pier one imports sort of like here's a holiday i don't even know what it was like it was like a a, a wood cut of a christmas tree with birds on it or some bullshit <laughs> like that and so and dana is very gracious for it you know, she says, oh thank you thank you all the stuff we put it in the car we drive back to chicago as we're unloading the tr- the car the prius to take all our stuff up she takes this thing walk walks over to a Chicago alley and leaves it in the alley. And I said, what, you don't like it? She goes, no. <laughs> and I said, so you can put it in the alley? And she goes, yeah. And I said, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like, what? It's, it, wasn't for, it wasn't my gift. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. And I'm not like, uh, like my mom's going to come over to our apartment in Chicago and go, where's that fucking tree? Right. Mom didn't give a shit about that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know. My mom recently, my mom will sometimes buy us stuff and she'll come over and she'll just, you know, like shirts or whatever. Sure. When I was a kid, and this was great, is that I would come home, sometimes I would come home from school and during that I would come home and on my bed would be like new clothes laid out on the bed, like a few shirts, some shorts, a pair of pants, socks, whatever. And my sure. mom would have gone shopping and just bought us some stuff and that was the greatest thing is coming home and like, oh, new shit, cool, thanks mom. And I always liked what my mom bought, bought me when I was a kid and it worked out fine. Um, but she still does that, and sometimes she misses the mark on things. But you don't tell her. No. No. Yeah, you don't go, Mom, Jesus fucking Christ, I'm not wearing turquoise. Right. But I you worry, know? because sometimes she will ask, have you worn that shirt that I got you? And I have to think, uh, have I? Did I give it away, or is it? No. And I lie. Because I don't want to hurt her, you know. But it, but the thing is, that's a harmless. I, again, that goes back to the don't yeah. look a gift to his mouth. Sometimes it's better to just lie. Yeah. And then like go give your horse, you know, go shoot the horse and fucking make dog food out of it. I don't <laughs> give a shit. Right. You know. And then when and then when mom comes and she's, 
Where's the horse I gave you? Yeah. It died. Yeah. It died. But look at how healthy our dog is. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like there's that, you know, it's like, ah, oh, divert. Yeah. Sometimes you you know, that's I don't think there's anything wrong with those kind of like those are those are lies to uh No, I think I think it's it's just it's rude. And I'm especially sensitive to it because as we've discussed many a time on this on this podcast program. On this on this podcast program. I am a terrible gift giver. So I'm yes, hypersensitive to it. And not with anybody else, really, as much as it is just with my wife, of course. Um, but well, I—it's ha- like the booger thing. Yeah, like we, the we booger can't talk game. about that. Anymore. She pretended. She pretended like she liked it, and nobody was going to say anything until I went. What? This is you. This is what you got her for her birthday. It was yeah. a booger game. Yeah, thanks for that. And buddy. I, well, because <laughs> it wasn't my gift. I can look the fucking horse in the mouth because you didn't give it to me. You gave it to your wife, and I went, "What the fuck?" And then I opened that can of worms and made your life hell. The the best, and I give credit to my mother in law. This is when I first met. Katie's parents she brought me down down there for Christmas and I didn't know you know I didn't know her parents and I said what are they like and she says my mom really likes tea and I'm like okay she's like she likes tea and she likes watching movies and popping popcorn and like having a you know a movie night with popcorn cool sure so I'm thinking all right let's just keep it simple let's go to David's tea down the street from where I live sure and get some interesting tea and just let's see what I've never been in a David's tea I'm not a tea guy like i drink english breakfast yeah. black tea that's about all i know coffee no tea yeah well yeah um so they <laughs> they happen to have this kind of this <laughs> i mean like just talking about it now it's like himmel what the fuck were you th- <laughs> were you thinking well this is this yeah booger game it I was know. it <laughs> yeah it was it was popcorn tea <laughs> and it had like fucking popcorn in it or some such shit and i'm like well this is perfect it's tea with popcorn she she can watch a movie with with her two with her two favorite things and 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 it and it and a mixed cd of nothing but like like hollywood <laughs> hollywood studio themes just over and over and over for fox so she can just century drink fox popcorn yeah. tea and listen to 20th century it's like okay yeah the pegasus running and the wings yeah coming. yeah sure oh yeah sure and yeah she fuck oh so i give this to her and she was really gracious, and I don't remember how I found out that it was a weird-ass gift. I think Katie must have just said something later on, and I'm like, really? How did I miss the mark on that? Because it seems like the perfect thing. She likes this. She likes that. Put the two together. How could that not work out? Well, here's why it didn't work out, because popcorn and tea is fucking weird, man. So, you know, based on your logic here, I'm going to use your logic. When you come to Vegas, I'm going to get you a man bag shaped like a pair of tits. Because you totally. like tits, no, exactly, and you yeah. like man bags, right. so why, why not a, a man bag <laughs> shaped like a couple of fucking D cup tits? That's the best gift to give him ever. And here's where I didn't learn is that the booger <laughs> game was the exact same thought process. Well, Katie likes doing playing games together. She likes popping zits. Why not a game where where there's zit popping? Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. No, that's not good. Dick thinking. bag. Not everything is peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and chocolate. And, so you know. But but what I'm going to say is, you are the the ultimate recipient of people not looking your gift horse in the mouth. Right. 
Because she didn't take the popcorn tea and the CD of this and just slap you in the face with it. She didn't go, what the fuck are you thinking, you idiot? Well, I didn't, she didn't, I didn't give that. her the she CD. Went, the CD you. you added on to the... Oh, okay, yeah. whatever. But it, she didn't go, yes. what the fuck are you thinking? This no. is grotesque tea. <laughs> you dumbass. You son-in-law moron. She went, thank you so much. And then promptly fucking dumped that shit down the drain. She might have drank it. I don't know. There's no way she drank it. Probably not. For the same reason that you wouldn't like go to work with the tit man back. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's like, no, I'm not doing this. I don't know, man. I might, depending on where I was working. If I were, let's say that I was, <laughs> let's say I was the house manager at NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. There you go. No, I don't think you I bring might, the tit back. I might try it. Well, well, see, that's the thing. That's why you would never be a suitable house manager for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, because you would bring. To an NPR show, a man bag shaped like a couple of tits. What is more liberal than that? <laughs> how, how do we know that these are women's tits? What if they're man's tits and I'm freeing the nipple? No, no, they're definitely women's tits. I wouldn't get you one to look like a chest. That sounds extremely sexist. Yeah, that's, the whole, that's what I'm saying. How do you, why are they not man's tits? What, what's the difference between a, a, a woman's breasts... And a man, how do you know the difference from a bag? How can you tell without the rest of the context? You don't know the difference between a woman's tits and a man's tits? I know tits? the difference. How do you not know? Oh, I know the difference. And, and the bag And this that I bag has you. made it very clear that they're women's breasts? Oh, yeah. It's obvious. You've been naked with a lot of, of fat men. In, not like, you know... In a homosexual way, but in like okay, a spa David, way. Come David, on, David. Come I'm on. Questioning, I'm questioning, you know, all the stories you tell about all the sex you've had. <laughs> when you say things like that, I wonder if your dick has ever touched Poon. Because I'm pretty much <laughs> sure that if you can't tell the difference between a fat guy's tits all and right. a beautiful woman's tits, that maybe you've never actually seen a woman naked before in your life. It's, it's time to come clean. <laughs> I have only... I've had a lot of sex, but it has only been with women. I make sure they keep their shirts on. I'm afraid of boobs. I don't know. It's, you just, you just, I've only had sex with women that have had double, double mastectomies. Yes. <laughs> the look on his face I just, is so... Because I, I wanted to laugh like, at that can I, like the wrong Can reasons. I laugh about this yeah. or should I just be horrified? Yeah, yeah I say some horrifying things. It's true. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to do with that. Like, I don't even know how I feel about that. Cause like, yeah. it's not gross. No. It's not, but I feel like there's, it's insulting in some way. I'm just not sure for who. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I love that I've created a conundrum. Yeah, of, I don't know. I'm like, I've got the creepy crawlies right now and yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, we don't know if that. I feel I very bad about Joe. this. I used to do that shit to Joe. Like constantly make him squirm. Like I don't know if I should be offended, if I should hit Don in the face for saying it, or if I should laugh. <laughs> I don't know how to react to that horrifying thing that just came out of his mouth. That's pretty much, uh, yeah, that's the game. Oh God, it's like what a, and again, like I just, because that's a very specific kind of woman to yeah, sleep I with. Know. Well, and where well, do you I mean, find them? Like that, hanging that, out that is, outside is, of a hospital? She's had breast cancer, so she's got some road. You know, she's she's lived some life, right? And then to save her life, she had both her tits cut off. <laughs> it's like if somebody asked me, David, why the work you do with Gilda's Club? It's really honorable. You've been involved for a long time. Why why Gilda's Club? Why is that the organization that you're so committed to? 
Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I like flat-chested women who used to have tits and don't anymore. I like to. That's what gets my. Dick I like flat-chested women with no nipples. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> All right, here's the quote. I won't tell you the name of the piece till the end. The ice grill mask of black cool and default membership within a hip-hop culture predicated on street sensibilities, elaborate shape-concealing costumes, and esoteric hood vernacular has shielded my boys and me from ever having to face up to the fact that we are not invincible or in control of things. Rather than know ourselves, we cloak our ignorance, like the rappers and thugs that we adored, in the rags of self-importance and faux empowerment. It was so much easier to mime stereotypes than to invent ourselves as individuals. This is the quote from this article. Okay. Uh, written by a black man, just by the way, but it, that, that has neither here nor there. And the idea is that without humility, self-promotion becomes self-delusion. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm finding that, you know, and it is like, quite frankly, I think Donald Trump is a perfect example of somebody that, yeah, that is so blatantly, um, and that thing is, I don't know if he actually just ignores his flaws or his, his weaknesses. Yeah. Or if he knows they're there and overcompensates for them. But it's probably a combination of both. Well, but I think, I think there's a lot of that going on in, in the world. I think, you know, the believe all women. Like women are, are are all to be believed. That's not that's not re, that's not realistic. Right. That's just not realistic. That is a that is fake empowerment, without any kind of like humility of being able to look at a situation and go, yeah, okay, some women are are shitty and they're gonna lie and they're gonna take advantage, like Amber Heard. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, it's like, you know, it's like you know, Black Lives Matter, except for O.J. Simpson, right? I mean, it's like because he was a murdering piece of shit. Well. Uh, and I don't want to take us on too far of a tangent, but that yeah. that brings up something you posted on Facebook earlier this week or last week. It was it was Trump meeting with the Queen. He was in his tuxedo, and you know he's got yeah. his little belly or his belly, whatever the fuck it was. And it was yeah. you had the the meme was who wore it best, and it was the picture of Trump in his tuxedo, and then <laughs> a package of Pillsbury uh, dough, yeah, like. like- with Dough the, the can popped, popped open, which is yeah, very funny. Which I thought was fu- I thought it, it was is hysterical. funny. But I wrote my comment was yes. It's uh, fat shaming is okay when we don't like the person because it is fat shaming, right? Like I don't think that was fat shaming. Why? Because uh, you know Pillsbury dough isn't fat. It's just squeezing yep. out of its package. Okay. Yep, so I enough. think the point I, was I agree, not. I agree with you. I do agree with you. Look I how just, fat it's. It, yeah. Is that thing is like it's like uh, you and you're fucking real thin. But if you wore like a a, a toddler's, <laughs> you know, like a toddler shirt, you'd look huge and uncomfortable because you would be literally bursting out of it. Do you, so I don't think it was so much a, a reflection of Donald Trump's weight okay. as his poor yeah. fashion sense and that he he basically wore a tuxedo that was like three sizes smaller than he was well and i i agree with you like i was just kind of poking fun at the idea of yeah. making fun of trump because i mean like louis anderson used to wear a suit but it was a comfortable suit and he was a huge man right but 
he did look like you know. I mean, he was a fat man, but that's the. It was draping on him, and it was comfortable. Yeah, it was obviously tailored. You'd think the president of the United States would be able to get an appropriate tailor to tailor, especially going to Europe. On the other hand, this is also the president of the United States who greets people with fucking McDonald's yeah. at the White House, so and his, fuck him. his tie is down to his knees and all that sorts of shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, plus Donald also fuck Donald Trump because he makes fun of fat people. Yeah, he insults people on their weight. He. Uh, um, what, what what was it like right after he got elected like his military doctor was like he's a perfect specimen of health and like these are lies these are well, lies okay well i mean it's like kanye west saying what a you know like he's the black jesus it's like it's there's you a, know there's the a certain means. point yeah well it's just like there's a certain point when the self-promotion loses touch with any kind of concept of reality and becomes this this fake empowerment that cannot possibly be, you know, I mean, it's not that can be proven. It's just, we, we can all look at it and go, you got to fucking be kidding me. Yeah. You know, it'd be the equivalent of like Pauly Shore coming up and saying, I am the greatest actor in the world. It's like, who the fuck are you trying to convince? Because his you're mom, full of shit. he's trying to convince his mom. You know, Mitzi doesn't care. Please, mom, let me back on the stage. Yeah, exactly. She, can know, I please do like, the comedy store? But that's but that's the thing. It's like it's like there's a, there's this self delusion. And my question, I guess, the question at hand is is at what point does that self promotion, that self delusion, yeah, the, the delusional promotion, at what point does it suddenly become promoting your idiocy rather than your primacy? I think that that point is it's on a sliding scale. It's for that person when you it's whatever point they become unself aware and they be, they start to believe their own promotion. Their own hype. When their you own start hype. to believe, yeah, your, when you believe your own so, hype. So yeah. basically, what you're saying is, as soon as you start to believe the bullshit you're slinging, that's when it becomes bullshit. Yep. Any examples? Um. I I don't I. Give me an example. I'm trying to think of, of something that wouldn't that. That is like a large. Well, I, th- I think Kanye West is a good example. I think. I mean, no, wait a minute. The thing is, 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 is because you were you're, what you're doing is you're thinking, oh, this might go out into the world. When have you ever been self guarded on this podcast? When have you ever censored yourself? Jordan Peterson would be ashamed of you for censoring yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the funniest things I think I've well, ever I, said. I think... Brian Brian Sweeney. Would jerk off in my face if he heard me say that. That's, Brian Sweeney that's, would jerk off in your on your face if you asked him nicely. Well, just because it's funny, but yeah, but the, 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 for me to say to anybody, Jordan Peterson, yeah, would would be ashamed of you. I'm sure Brian Sweeney would think, oh, see, it's just proof that Don's an alt right men's rights yeah. guy. Yeah, I yeah, I'm well. I'm trying to think of. I don't want to put anybody on blast or whatever the hell the kids say, but I'm just also trying to think of a it. fair example. Well, no, I, th- I think that there's a lot of it in the storytelling community specifically no i'm not taking that bait <laughs> i'm not taking that bait is it self-delusion or is it just total hype just bullshit that's all I'm th- i mean it, to me i'm fascinated by the balance because i look at our country and i look at our and, and it's because everybody wants to say i'm nothing like donald trump oh that guy's the biggest piece of shit that ever lived and then they do exactly what donald trump does I mean, if you look at his career before he was the fucking president, the only thing Donald Trump ever did was charge people to put his name on shit. 
He didn't invent anything. He he was a terrible real estate de- developer. Yeah. He had no talents or skills. The only skill he had was his ability to convince people that he was a big deal and that they should yeah. give him money. I mean, it's one of the things shyster. about the whole yeah. well, like the whole conspiracy that you know, well, Russian mobsters uh, stayed in Trump hotels. Well, that sounds really damning until you realize that all the hotels that Trump is that are called Trump Tower, he doesn't own those fucking things. Yeah. He doesn't own any of them. His name is on them. And he charges those hotels and the people who own them money to put his name on them. So my question is, if we're just going to piss all over our shit-ass, dipshit, motherfucker president and then do exactly what he does, are we different? I think... (laughs) I think rather than talk about Don't shit talk. Just be objective. Give me an example. I I think the way to avoid the delusion is to understand that when you're promoting yourself, it's it's hard to do. Like for, I have a hard time promoting myself because I don't want to sound like I. The Last DJ is the greatest book ever written about radio or Las Vegas or anything, and I'm the greatest writer. And it's the, it's. You you have to have a level of of um, humility to it. I, I I remember when I was, oh, I might have been like fourteen or something, and I was like coming into understanding my comedic skill. I I don't I guess. Yeah. And I remember asking my mom, like people would start to say, like David, you're really funny, or that was really great, or you know whatever. And I remember asking my mom, what do I do when people say that? When they say that they really think I'm funny or they like this or they she goes you just smile and say thank you yeah I go, that's oh. all you gotta do okay but, but, but these but these people if you say hey that was a great story they might they, say the, 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 the humility they put on there is completely false anyone can tell a story they're just telling my truth it's like you fucking asshole you're lying because I've seen your website where you say you're the fucking greatest goddamn thing since sliced bread so I'm not buying your false humility yeah I, I don't know I, I think false yeah false humility is is horseshit um but is it worse than open delusion the first two are pretty basic and the third one is a good story uh one of them is I've got a scar on my yeah, my right hand, between my pinky and my ring finger on my right hand, um, because I got drunk at a bar and then got bored and was like, I'm going to go find some windows to break. And there was a building being built uh, nearby, and I went and punched the windows out with my bare hand and, of course, sliced Jesus. my hand open. Uh, the other one was my freshman year in college. I was on the... Our, I was living in the dorms, and I was on the floor board, like the advisory board, for whatever the fuck that was. The floor board? Yeah. That's that's clever. Get it? And I didn't want to go to the meeting because there was a really good... It was on Thursday nights, and there was a really good episode of ER on, and I didn't want to miss that. So I was hiding in my room, and they came knocking for me, and my roommate was an architecture major, and he, had, he was building this model on the floor for some project, and I leapt up to go and hide in the bathroom so he could answer the door. And he's like, I don't know where David is. And as I did that, I tripped over his his project, and it was this, like, metal tube. And I sliced my left foot between my big toe and, and the the middle toe, whatever, the you know, the next toe, like, down to the fucking tendon. Wow! Sliced it open. Um, Shit. That was good. That's rough, man. That's rough. But my favorite injury that was totally stupid... 
was summer of 1992. Uh, early in the summer, I was over at Tom Knoll's house in Unincorporated Homewood, and Tom Knoll, his parents always worked or were sleeping back, on the back couch. Up. Un- yeah. Unincorporated Homewood? Yeah, so it was a section of Homewood, Illinois that it wasn't, it wasn't Homewood because it was unincorporated, but it was like... It's like adjacent. Yeah, and okay. like I guess the Homewood I just cops... Have never, I've just never heard of like unincorporated Las Vegas, unincorporated Schaumburg. Yeah, like, I've never heard that before. It was right next to Homewood, but the Homewood had no jurisdiction, so like only state, only stateies could come and fuck wow. with you. Wow, okay. That's so a cool they, place. they had all this property... And like we, all of the state of Montana. Yeah, basically. Yeah, okay. Um, it's kind of like Deadwood, which we'll, I'll talk about in one of my three things. But, you know, like, right. there were no laws. You know, it's just like Illinois yeah, laws, yeah. so whatever. Um, and we could do anything at Tom Knoll's house. And we had air rifles and fireworks and fucking everything. And one day, we're up on his, on his roof, and he had all these bottle rockets. And we're lighting them and throwing them at the neighbor's house. Sure. The neighbor's house is like... Because that's what kids do. Yeah. It's like, and I'm 12 years old. Maybe, thir- maybe 13. Um, his name... This, like, this is awful. And I, f- I feel really bad about this. And I did at the time, but, you know, I'm a kid and I'm an asshole. Um, his neighbors had horses. So we're throwing... And they were gift horses. All of them. All of them get All, horses. every one of them? You didn't look him in the mouth? We're throwing the bottle rockets trying to hit the horses on the ass. Uh, we did not hit any horses, thankfully. Well, one of the throws, I go to whip the bottle rocket, and as I do that, the stick breaks. So I oh, whip shit. it, and I bring it up, and it's just like the broken stick, and I look at it and I go, uh... And Tom goes, oh, shit. And I look down, and there's the rocket on the roof, just... Spinning around, spinning around. He dives into his bedroom window. The rocket comes, the rocket launches, and it's coming right at my face. And he pulls me in at the last moment. And as he does that, it skins my face, and I have this mole on my left cheek. And it goes right across the mole. Wow. And it probably would have hit me square in the face, or taken an eye out, or gone up my gigantic nose. Had he not pulled me in, like holy shit, and like the back of my hair, like on my neck, the back if of my it hair hit was your singed. Nose, it would have been like a missile trying to hit the, uh, like hitting the force field in Independence Day. Yeah, yeah, just going, yeah. <laughs> it would, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. have done anything to your nose. And uh, so I'm like, oh fuck, and the the hairs in the back of my neck were singed from the fire. Uh, and so that was funny. We're laughing about it because oh my god, that was we were so close. Oh Jesus. Yeah. The next morning, right above my mole was this like this third degree burn, so, basically. Yeah, burn mark. Yeah. It looked like a rug burn. So I'm like, what am I going to tell my parents? I guess we'll tell them that it was a rug burn. So I, my mom picks me up. You know, I spent the night. My mom picks me up the next morning. She's like, what happened to your face? I said, ah, oh, Tom and I were wrestling, and it was a rug burn. She's like, oh, okay. This thing scabbed oh, and pussed, yeah. and I mean, it was bad. It was really. a serious fucking burn. Yeah. Yeah. And. So all of eighth grade, I had this fresh, like, burn scar on my face. And it was in the shape of a perfect heart that the point came to my mole. And that's just... It, and my parents are like, how, what was this from again? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah rug what burn. Kind of, what kind of fucking rug is that rug shit? Rug burn, yeah, totally. You can't see it anymore. I mean, it's it's 
Yeah. I think it, for a long time you couldn't see it unless it was like in the right light. But yeah, that was pretty stupid. That's probably the worst like injury. See, my dumbest injury, and you've heard this story, this is when I was nine years old and I decided I was going to swing on the the swing set but untether the thing and I was wearing white jeans and I got a, <laughs> a giant I got a giant metal S-hook uh, stuck in my scrotum. Yeah. I had to get two stitches on my nuts. <laughs> that's about the stupidest injury I can think of because that's just stupid. I mean, yeah. what kind of fucking dumbass kid, what kind of kid gets his fucking, gets an S-hook jammed into his scrotum? <laughs> Only me. I was definitely below average. Definitely below average. Yeah, I, I was not. I was not Harry Smart. That did, I was. No. That did yeah. remind me. That did just remind me. When I was in third grade, I was climbing the li- the school library bookshelves, and they were metal. And they've got you know the, yeah, you know the anchors that hold the the shelves up. And I got to like the top, and you know, when you're in third grade, it was maybe like five, six shelves up. But a teacher was coming, so I was like, oh god! So I tried to sli- you know jump off, slide down really quickly. And I on the one of those hooks, I scraped my junk, and it hurt real bad. Yeah, really bad, really bad. And I hobbled into the bathroom like a few minutes later, and I pulled my pants down. And yeah, I had, I had cut my dick open. Like I was, it was yeah. like there was a little you bit know, of blood, a little bit of blood. You know, I guess like, that's pretty you know. stupid. Yeah. Well, it's it's ultimately why why our 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 junk looks like Sylvester Stallone's face. You know, just beaten to <laughs> shit. It's just gone through the fucking ringer yeah. and come out, you know? That's yeah. That's just it. That's the deal. But our junk can take a punch. Goddamn right. And it's not It's not how hard you hit, but whether you can get up, yeah. whatever. I don't fucking know. Every, every time I get a boner, I say, Adrian. Hey, yo. Hey, yo, Adrian. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. All right, my first thing is a watch. Uh, it's a show on Amazon called Fleabag. It's a British show. It's uh, I can't think of the woman's name right now, and I should have written it down. Uh, she writes it, directs it, stars in it. It is dark and dry, and and the character, it's, it's brilliant. Fleabag, it's amazing. There's two seasons, and it's loads of fun. Okay, I almost feel guilty because my first thing is a watch. It's not nearly as good as Fleabag because I love Fleabag. It's just super, yeah. it's smart writing. It's just yeah. everything's good mm-hmm. about it. But it's one of those shows that it came out years ago. It coincided with all the Marvel superhero movies. I never watched it because I thought, oh, I don't want to watch this shit. And recently after Endgame, I went, yeah, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I'm totally sucked in. I'm now in the fourth season, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. I, I I didn't think I was going to like this shit, and I fucking love it. I never thought that Phil Coulson would be like a badass, because yeah. he's Phil Coulson. That's no, amazing. Man, I love it. Remind it's, me, because I, I don't even know what season, because I'm, I'm all caught up, and I'm, you know, I'm current with it. What season? So you're at season six. Okay, what is season four I'm in, now? What's happening I'm in, there? I'm in the Ghost Rider season. This, they just introduced Ghost okay. Rider. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. They're still figuring out. Daisy just fought Ghost Rider, and I was like, whoa. And she's like, kill me. I deserve it. And then the Ghost Rider decides, no, she thinks she deserves it. I won't kill her. Right. And that was just the last. So I was like, all right. Yeah. I mean, the Ghost Rider thing is like, I had no idea, because I haven't read anything about it. Yeah. Or talked to me. So as soon as I saw Ghost Rider, I went, fuck. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, good a lot show. of fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. It gets Vengeance, a little like, like networky. Net, network, yeah, they, kitschy kind of, but it's they, it's a lot of fun. Well, it's an AB, and, it's ABC, yeah. but what I love the most about it is every once in a while they drop like 
a reference to where the Marvel Cinematic the, Universe yeah. was. Like when when, yes, when like, Shield fell after after yeah, Civil War. Yeah, or, uh, that's going uh, on. Captain America I, I, Two. Well, that's the thing uh, is, I Winter Soldier. Yeah. I, and part of it is like I know that like in this episode one of four, they're talking about the new director of Shield, and they yeah. only talked about is the director. I don't know who the director is because mm-hmm. I can't remember, but I think it's Thunderbolt Ross, but I don't know. So it's fun to figure out if William Hurt's going to make like a cameo. And I'm like, I, this is fun. It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so piggybacking on that idea of, of going back and watching old shit, uh, I'm finally watching Deadwood. On like the, the series the, the, or the, the or series? The, I'm going to watch the movie. Oh the movie my came God. Out. Yeah. So oh, when, yes. when Deadwood came out, I didn't have... So- Cable Good. during its run. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's brilliant. It's, and I'm not surprised by it. I mean, like, I knew it. It was just like... Swingin! Swingin! Swing. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is... Oh, God, it is so much fun. Talk about being as racist and racially in, inappropriate, but perfect for its time and what period it's trying to show. Brilliant. And what I love about the yeah, racism... The, the Yeah, the... The way that they throw cocksucker around is amazing. But I love that Swearingen is like almost a, like he's racist, but not in a hateful way. You know, because well, he's, no, like, he's, he's like, he's like, show the guy some respect. You know, it's it's just like there's. Well, no, that thing is, it's like he's racist to everyone. So it's yeah. like, he's like the Don Rickles of bad guys right. in that he, tr- it doesn't matter what race <laughs> right, you are, right. he looks down on you and thinks you're a piece of shit. So he treats everybody like they're a piece of shit. So you kind of give him a pass because he's like, well, he's shitty to the Chinese guy, but he's also shitty to women. Yeah. Okay, he's just shitty to everybody. That's his thing. And he says cocksucker like in every sentence, like as punctuation. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. And the thing about it is that's what he is. He is a, a great antihero and oh, he's the bad guy. So great. Yeah. But he's so much fun to watch. He, and the show is funny. It has some really yeah. funny moments that are like natural character stuff. There's a scene, I just watched it. I think it's in the first season or the first episode of season two, which is what I just finished. Okay. And he he impersonates, like he's mocking um, EB. Okay, yeah. And yeah. like does his voice perfectly. And I'm watching this by myself, like folding laundry late last night. And I just fucking burst out laughing at like 1030. Yeah. It's, it's such, it's so I, I'm like really excited to get through it and like get caught up and watch the movie and, to and see I gotta where it's going. I got to tell you, I was very, because I, you know, I was disappointed when they, when they canceled it. Because yeah. I really love that show. Which is a, a really weird thing for a, uh, you know, premier network or cable ne- but cable network the thing about to do that. If, the, if what I really think is amazing is that you know the follow up movie that they just made. Yeah. Don't give I, anything away. I'm not going to give anything away. What I'm going to say is, I don't. If it would be brilliant had they planned to do it the way they did it, because the way they ended up doing it is so fucking perfect. Yeah. That movie it just it just wraps things up and it's it's so. It's almost like they said, okay, you know, we can't top season three. We can't top this. Okay. So why don't we just wait 20 years or however long it's been when everybody's gotten older mm-hmm. and, and not made up older, but actually older. And then let's see how this plays. It's, it's almost like they did because I'm telling you, it's perfect. Well, apparently it takes place 10 years after the series yeah. ended. And it's, yeah. so that's the series ended in 2006. So it's. So it's basically 13 years. years. Yeah. So it was 10. So it was like 10, 13 And what's years. fun is watching this later now is like seeing Anna Gunn, you know, who, yeah. who to me is Skylar White, but like seeing yeah. um, seeing people that I know from House of Cards in their earlier, seeing Timothy Oliphant, 
Like, he's so good. That guy is just, I love and that And watching Justified, you know, I love Justified. Yeah, I love but Justified. But, like, seeing, because this came before Justified, so, like, seeing yeah. him as the, his first go-around as a Basically, cowboy, bad, like, it's so, he's so, it's, so I'm getting this, like, he's added so bonus coming back to it. You know, he's so much years better later. than the bad guy than the bad guy he played in Scream Three. Oh, or even what was it, Mission Impossible? One of the Mission Impossibles or Die Hard? Was it Impossible. one of the Die Hards? He was one of the bad guys in Die Hard. One of the Die Hards, maybe. Oliphant? No, maybe. Oh yeah, he was in Die the, the the like the fourth Die Hard, the shit Die Hard. Yeah, with Justin Long, I think. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Him yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, yeah. If you haven't <laughs> seen right. Deadwood. Watch it. If you have seen it, fucking go back and watch it again. All right. My second uh, my second thing is a read. Um, it is what I quoted earlier. It is by Samuel Cronin. And it, of all things, it's not on long reads. It's on medium. And it is entitled The Race Writer Who Doesn't Believe in Race. Now, what's really good about it is it's a, it's a piece about this guy who wrote um, what is considered quite controversial sort of colorblind perspective but there's plenty of links to his writing. And I think, I guess is the reason I'm recommending Cronin's piece is that it's a really nice gateway mm-hmm. to a much larger body of work. Um, and I will, I, I just want to read, uh, this is, uh, the, 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 the writer is Thomas Chatterton Williams, but this is one of my favorite quotes is quote. And this is one of his quotes. Any fool can see that white people are not actually white and black people are not actually black which is the basic thesis of everything he wrote, is that idea is that, that race is more a construct of society rather than something that's actually real. Sure. And, and, that, and, it's, and it just, it's, just, it's just a very different perspective on identity politics that I hadn't thought about, and I really liked it. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my, <clears throat> excuse me, my, my last thing is a listen. Uh, uh, why am I, I don't, read what you wrote, David. It's listen to the, the Gin Blossom's first... Uh, first album, The New Miserable Experience. It was released in 1992. Uh, it just, that album to me is so perfectly the beginning of summer. And it always, okay. when I, like, I love putting it out at the beginning of summer. Summer camp's about to start, and it's just like, yep, let's listen to, you know, songs about summer and drinking a shitload. And um, it's a great album, and that's what I'm going to do, because I'm, I'm on a Gin Blossoms kick right now. I think that works. Mine is also a listen, my third. Um, it is a podcast from Radiotopia by Helen Zaltzman. It is called The Illusionist. Not Illusionist, but Illusionist. Um, what's so fun about this is, I mean, it, basically the subtitle is Adventures in Language with Hel- Helen Zaltzman. It's a Radiotopia thing from uh, PRX. What's fun about it is it's it's... She does stories. It's sort of like a This American Life, but it's all about language and how we use language and ways language has changed certain things and the way we perceive them. It's just fascinating and it's funny. Yeah. So I really, I, I got, I kind of got sucked in to uh, to it not too long ago. I was just looking for some podcasts to listen to while I was working out, and this just stuck out. And I went, and she's awesome, and it's really fun. The Illusionist on Radiotopia. There you go. That's the show. That's it, baby. Uh, if we offended you, tough shit. I, I don't know. This is a weird episode, <laughs> man. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. 
If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>